Welcome to the Kids Ministry Circle podcast. Kids Ministry Circle is a community for kids ministry leaders to be encouraged and equipped to love and serve the local church. Listen to the end of this podcast to learn more about how you can be a part of Kids Ministry Circle, how you can find all of our resources, and how you can sign up to be a part of one of our cohorts. Welcome to the Kids Ministry Circle Podcast. This is Lauren Jackson, and I am joined by my co-host and energetic, Becca Harris. <laughs> yes, energetic. It's I'm the kind of person who shouldn't have energy drinks. That's, that's kind of the <laughs> level that I operate at. So. Oh, that is true. All right. Our episode today is all about volunteers. So we've gotten a lot of questions about recruiting, training, celebrating, caring for, having a team of volunteers. So we thought it'd be fun to answer some of those questions today. Becca, do you want to kick kick us off with question number one? Yeah. People ask like, how do I recruit volunteers? The bread and butter of our ministry, right? Uh, And I would say before you get into like strategies, the biggest thing you need to work on is, is casting vision. Uh, to your volunteers. You know, inadvertently, many times, the ask that gets made for kids ministry volunteers is, we've got so many kids back there, and they're, you know, crawling all over the place, and we need someone to to watch them so that the adults can worship undistracted. And, um, And that's not bad, but it certainly is not the whole um, or the most important part of kids ministry. And so I love to rehash this with my team often of what are we calling people to? Because serving in kids is more than just showing up on a Sunday. There should be, there's going to be hours of investment, right? Hours of investment on a Sunday, but preparing for the lesson, praying for their kids, um, and all the follow-up that kind of comes with that. And so we, we have to cast a big vision to make the big ask. Otherwise, all we will get is kind of glorified babysitters. Um, and they won't last because people don't want to do that for free. That's why people get paid to babysit. So um, so I always start with you know, casting that eternal vision for our team, reminding them that you know, the kids that come into our hallways, um, are most of them are not believers yet. Uh, but most of them are super excited to be there and to learn, and they're still very impressionable. And so we get the opportunity. It's it's just fertile ground um, to cast seed, to water seed, um, and it's such a great opportunity to share the gospel, um, and one of the easiest that we have. Now, it's not always easy because, you know, we got to figure out how to explain big concepts to kids on their language. Um, but, and sometimes, you know, kids have had a pixie stick before class, so they've <laughs> gone crazy. But uh, it is, in one sense, some of the most fertile, easy ground for us to share the gospel with. And then I like to remind people, too, that the souls that fill our boppies and bumbos in the nursery are no less valuable than the souls that fill our chairs in the sanctuary. And I think we inadvertently put more value on the adults. Um, and the, the, the kids in our nursery, in our toddler classes, our preschool classes, grade school, middle school, high school, all the way up, 
um, are no less valuable, no less important. They're not to be entertained so that real ministry can happen in the sanctuary. Um, they are souls to be taught, to be discipled, um, and they are a flock to be shepherded. And so what an opportunity we have there. And so I like to call people to the bigger picture. What are we actually mm-hmm. doing? Yep. Um, because when you call them to the bigger picture, it's worth the bigger sacrifice. Um, and so, uh, you know, Charles Spurgeon wrote this book, Come You Children. I know we're not even talking about resources yet, but listen to me. If you haven't read this book, do yourself a favor, get on Amazon right now and order Come You Children. Um, it's a series of sermons that Charles Spurgeon wrote uh, pertaining to kids in, in, in youth ministry. And he talks about how this age will grow worse and worse. And I was like, man, he knew, he knew. I think, I think about the time and the age that we're living in now. Um, when he talks about, um, you know, God's cause is safe in God's hands. Um, and we don't need to worry because the Lord's reserves are coming up and their drums beat victory. And when you think about that, when you think about the kids that are right now in our nursery, toddler, preschool, grade school classes, they were born in this time on purpose. I know there's a lot of fear sometimes worrying about what they're having to learn or endure in, in all that's going on in our country, but it's no accident that they were born on this time on this purpose. And so how exciting it is to teach them the gospel, to train them, knowing that they're going to walk into darker and harder situations than you and I have ever walked into. And they're going to take the light of the gospel into that. And so that's the kind of stuff it gets me excited and gets me pumped about serving in kids ministry, thinking we are, we are laying that foundation um, and, and casting that vision. Those are the reserves and their drums are going to be victory because God's already won. And so what a joy and a privilege it is to get to train them. And so when you kind of cast that vision to your volunteers, uh, most people are going to be like, sign me up um, because they're excited about knowing what God's doing, or they're going to be excited about training the next generation. Um, and so I make sure we start with that, not just our numbers, not just our needs, um, our desperation. Anytime you do something with a desperate ask that usually backfires, uh, we think that desperation will make, will like convict people or motivate them, but it doesn't, a uh, vision does. So make sure you have a good vision or why you want them partnering with you in kids ministry. All right. That's all we have about volunteers. That's all you really (laughs) need to know. (laughs) My goodness. I was like getting emotional sitting in this podcast studio, thinking about this next, this next generation of believers and all the things that Becca was saying, um, which I'm like, just write that down and just tell that to your people. Cause I think it's so good of just, Casting that vision and reminding them the why behind the what. Mm -hmm. You don't want to lead with, oh, yeah, you're changing diapers and you're getting your T-shirt all slobbery and you could get hit in the head with a dodgeball. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But those are all things that could happen. But when you remind them the why behind what they're doing, it just, I think it helps your volunteers serve with a heart that is full of joy, but also um, just full of the knowledge that God is using them and God is working in these kids. And what they say, what I feel like I've heard said many times recently is there's no junior Holy Spirit. Yep. The same Holy Spirit that is in these kids is also in our adults. And so that's just, a, that's so good as a reminder. Um, when I think about casting vision and talking about 
um, the why behind the what, I also find that in my experience, having a one-on-one conversation serves you way more than getting up on a platform or a stage and casting this wide net. Now, the wide net is important because you're sharing about kids ministry to people who may have never heard anything about what's happening in your kids ministry at your church. And so that wide net is important and should be a part of casting vision. But what does it look like to stop people in the hallway and have intentional conversations or introduce yourself to a new group of people that have never, that you've never met before? Mm-hmm. One time I can think of a specific memory of I was working at a church and there was this whole, like, I'll call them a gaggle. It was like a gaggle of 20 somethings. And I was like, none of them serve in my ministry. I know they don't have kids. Some of them are young married. And I was like, these, right, these are the prime volunteers for any ministry. And I was like, I'm going to go up to them and cast vision and introduce myself. And I had to really think about it. I had to psych myself up to walking over there, introducing myself because I was like almost their age. Like I was a little bit older than them. But for some reason, they seemed way cooler than me. (laughs) And so, but I had to have that one-on-one conversation so they could see me as the kids ministry leader, but also they could hear from me why it's important. Because when someone gets up on stage and says, hey, we need people to serve in our kids ministry, everyone in that room is thinking, oh, that person will do it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or that other person will do it. And I think those one-on-one conversations can be really helpful. And I always encourage kids ministry leaders to practice what they're going to say. So what is your elevator pitch? Mm -hmm. What is your two to five minute sentences that you can share in the middle of a hallway? They are your hallway conversations because they're quick. Most of the time you get interrupted and you're called to continue working somewhere else or going to help with check-in or help jumping into a classroom. And so what are those short and sweet um, elevator hallway conversations that you can be having with parents and volunteers and future volunteers? Yeah. I also think for the people that you do know, that personal ask of how their gifts would match up with a need in ministry go like way further. So I had some friends that were both at the time, they used to be uh, elementary PE teachers. And so at first they were kind of like, man, we're with kids like all day, every day. And so, but then I kind of circled back and I was like, but your energy and your fun, could you teach large group for us? And um, we watched them kind of like a gift ignite that a gift God had given them to teach PE at their school became a way to serve the church. And because it was a personal ask instead of, hey, can you hop in this classroom that felt generic? It was a way that I knew them to ask them how to use their gifts specifically. I think those kinds of asks too. So when you get to know people, even if they're already currently serving in your ministry and you're like, this person, this, this person needs to be in with the fifth grade boys or, you know, whatnot, yep. that, that kind of stuff will go longer. Cause then people you're giving them opportunities to grow and ignite gifts. God's given them, uh, for the building up of the body. Right. So that's, I mean, that's in Ephesians. Um, and that's what we're called to do. Um, and so the more specific we can let, um, people use the gifting God's given them, whether it's, they learn, they have the gift of teaching, um, or they have just the ability to relate to kids in different ways, the more we can kind of blow wind in their sails and ignite that, the body of Christ grows, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, that's good. Those specific things can help people envision themselves in your ministry. Mm-hmm. That's really good. All right. What about question number two? 
Yeah. How do you plan a fun training event while also talking about policies? Oh, yeah. Because policies, man, if there's something you need to go to sleep with at night, you just pull out a handbook and read it and you'll be asleep fast, right? Uh, There's no way to make a policy and procedure handbook fun. So it's on you to try to make it fun and engaging. So um, I think as you're training volunteers, um, one, if you're casting that vision like we just talked about, that will be helpful because people are bought in. So now they're going to listen to the policies and acknowledge them because they're bought into the overall purpose of the ministry. But two, um, you, you I, I like to try to do things of if we're going to ask them to be fun in our ministry, then let's try to do things that are fun in our trainings because um, it's a modeling component for them. Uh, where they get to watch us take something that might seem boring, which honestly, some kids think the Bible is boring. And so we've got to take that right and make it fun for them. Um, in the same way, we want to take these policies and things and make them fun. So it doesn't mean you're making jokes about policies, uh, but it might mean that in the middle of how you're tre- teaching and training them, you break it up with a fun game. You break it up with some activities. Um you know, find a creative way, um, to engage them. Um, we, you know, I think when something funny happens or something very kind of like memorable, um, even silly, that is going to stick with them more. Um, and it also has created now a shared memory and experience, which actually ups the connection, right? So I remember one time we were trying to review policies and procedures with our uh, kids, uh, volunteers. And so we filmed with our iPhones just some silly videos um, of us in a classroom and we were breaking some policy or procedure. And then we showed the video and we had them at their tables have to like watch the video, which we were being ridiculous. in. so it was funny. We're definitely making fools of ourselves. We had to figure out what policy was being broken and then discuss it. And then we got to review that policy. And so that was just like a creative way. We didn't have a film crew. We didn't even have mics. It was just an iPhone on like a selfie stick. Um, but it worked. And so that was a creative way instead of just sitting down and reading the policy. Um, we've done games where they have to do similar things where they're kind of like mat- mi- mixing and matching things. Um, anytime you make things a competition, at least 50% of the room is highly engaged. Absolutely. Um, and so even if they're introverted, they don't like to lose. And so nobody likes to lose. And so um, make it a game and that's a, f- a fun way there too. Uh, but then for the times that you do just kind of have to sit and review, just make it, make it fun, you know? Um, get up and, and play a silly game or do a dance or a song um, like you would do with your kids um, on Sunday mornings. Play a minute to win a game um, that gets people looking silly uh, so that you can kind of build those those memories. And so if you get up there and you just review the handbook, it, it will be you won't enjoy it, first of all, but also uh, it won't be as memorable um, as as making it fun and engaging. So, yeah, that's good. One way I love to make our training events fun is include food. Oh yeah. Who doesn't like to eat? So oftentimes a training event can be a couple hours, right? It's usually over a meal or over that time frame of when you were supposed to eat. So whether that's breakfast or lunch or dinner, um, it's always helpful to feed your people. One Because when they're sitting there in a training and they're so hungry, they're not focusing on what's being said. They're focusing on being hungry. And so you want to feed them. But also a lot of community happens around the table and around sharing a meal. And your training events, their purpose is to communicate 
information and to talk about policies and procedures and whatever is happening in your ministry. But also you want your training event to encourage people to get to know one another and to build friendships and to build that team dynamic so that they feel like they are a part of something bigger than themselves. And food helps that. Mm -hmm. Whether that's breakfast tacos. I know when we were at the church in Texas, it was always breakfast tacos. They were always on the menu. And you know what? People love them. They never get sick of them. They're always so great. Um, And so whether that's breakfast or bagels i would oh i would encourage you to have coffee no matter what time of the day you are having your training at there always needs to be coffee um but maybe it's you have like an ice cream truck show up at the end and you guys can all have ice cream together and end the training with something like that that is super fun and people will remember that for many years to come but also having a fun training event is a way to bring people back to the next one if you have a not fun and a boring (laughs) training event the next time you have a training event people are going to have excuse after excuse on why they can't make it but if it's fun and community building and inviting and silly and memorable then people are going to make time in their schedule to come back to that training event yep i think two other things i thought of while you're talking lauren is like on that kind of communal piece around the table, also just creating opportunities for them to discuss and to share. Um, we all learn better that way than when we're just intaking information, but when we get to process it and if they get to process that together. So not just like, Hey, here's some questions to think through in journal on your own, but maybe they get a piece of that, but then they're going to, they're going to workshop it or talk about it together. I think is like, um, is, is super helpful kind of that discussion piece. And then, also, no one wants to be lectured at for three hours no so, uh, or one hour even or, you know, sometimes even 20 minutes. So think about how you break it up. You want, you want people to like move around or make it TED Talk style um, where they're hearing from different people, um, different stories or a panel. We recently did one where uh, we were casting some vision and we talked to three different kids ministry volunteers um, about why they serve and what God's done in their lives and that kind of stuff that just breaks it up. If it's just you talking for a long period of time, even if you're really whimsical, um, it's going to become hard uh, to focus. And so get them discussing, get other voices up there, or break it up with activities um, to make it uh, worthwhile and make it easy to engage in. So So good. All right. The other question we got here was, what are creative ways that I can celebrate my volunteers? Um, and man, I just love the question, first of all, because we need to be celebrating our volunteers. Um, and it's not, ju- we don't just celebrate them so that they'll keep serving, although that is a bonus <laughs> byproduct, but we celebrate them because of the kingdom work that they're doing, right? It's a great picture of like Hebrews 12, thinking that we have a great cloud of witnesses that's like cheering us on. And so part of us shepherding the flock is to encourage our volunteers to celebrate the work that God's done in and through them. And then also to encourage them when, when it's hard. Um, and knowing that, you know, most kids don't come back to their kids ministry volunteers and are like, thank you so much for teaching me the gospel when I threw up all over you or, you know, whatever, you know, let's hope that doesn't happen to anybody. That sounds awful. It's already happened to some of you out there. We know it. Um, but you know, I think like in our, in student ministry, we kind of get that a little bit, but rarely in kids do someone come back and say, hey, thank you for sacrificing this time and doing these things for me. And so we just want to help them 
keep that vision that someday they're that they God will say, well done, good and faithful servant because yes. of the time they've given us. So we want to be just some tangible expressions of that. And so, uh, yeah, Lauren, so what are some of your ideas for how to celebrate and, and encourage volunteers? So a couple of them come to mind, but the first one is you celebrate them all the time. Oh, like we train them all the time. It last happens. episode, guys, that was in the last episode. You happen, it happens all the time. One thing I love to do is if I have time, which sometimes doesn't happen because Sunday mornings can be crazy, but when you have time, go room to room, look at your volunteers in the eye and say, thank you so much for being here. That's all you have to say. It's just a simple, thanks so much for being here. I hope your classroom is having fun. Like just a simple thank you. And that goes a long way. Times that I have done this, there has been so many times where I would say thank you and a volunteer would just look like a deer in the headlights. Like they would look so surprised that that just came out of my mouth. And I think that tells me something a lot about the culture of the ministry of when volunteers are shocked that they're getting told thank you, like it should not come as a shock to them. And uh, another way that I love to do this is to invite other staff or yes. other church leaders to walk through the hallway and say thank you. Maybe that's a lead pastor or maybe that's one of your elders or mm-hmm. just someone that doesn't typically walk through the kids' hallway to walk through and tell your volunteers thank you. Um, I think that can just go an extra step to make your volunteers seen feel seen and known by someone other than the kids' ministry leader. Another way I love to celebrate is I love to give gifts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Gifts are really fun. Um, I don't know about you, but my drawers are filled with church swag and T-shirts and sweatshirts. And I have a kitchen full of coffee mugs. I will never go a day without having enough coffee mugs because I have so many. Um, but there are so many things. We've even gotten a blanket mm-hmm. from serving at in a ministry before. And so there are so many things that you can think creatively um, and think out of the box as a fun gift to give uh, to your volunteers. One time I did a gift to the whole family. So I gifted my volunteers who had kids or were married or something um, that was a way that they could go and do something together as a family. So whether that, back when, this was a while ago, and so Redbox was still really popular. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that so, was a while ago. Long. Just kidding. <laughs> Thanks, Becca. <laughs> and so, but I gave everyone a Redbox gift card so that they could go and rent a movie, and they all got some popcorn. And so I gave them their own little family movie night to do at their home. And so that yep. was a really fun and sweet gift that we used to celebrate volunteers. Yep. Yeah, and if you're if you're balling on a budget and you don't have uh, money to do that or, or very much, I don't um, don't discount the the power of words, especially mm-hmm. specific words. So Lauren was talking about going around and and saying thank you, um, but I think too when you see something specific in a volunteer, um, man, if you have time to write them a handwritten note, do it. If you don't have time, if you have time to just grab them right there and specifically speak to them, great. Or I use voice memos a lot because sometimes the moment is crazy. And so I will then leave them, you know, it's like the little voicemail you leave them on your your iPhone. That's just like, Hey, I saw this to you. This is how I'm praying for you. I'm thankful for you. Um, and that, that goes like so long and it's so simple. Um, and so I try to get in a discipline of just blocking some time on my calendar 
each week and thinking about which volunteers need encouragement or who did I see go above and beyond this week? Um, or I got to witness something. Um, and, and then I would invite, you know, as our kids ministry grew and I had, um, you know, levels of volunteer leadership, I would invite my higher levels of volunteer leadership in to do those things too. So that would multiply the encouragement. And then I love what you're saying, Lauren, about inviting other people in to say that. I think too, if you've got some parents, um, or, you know, elders or leadership that can tell stories about how their kids have personally been impacted through the years through kids ministry, that goes a long way too. Cause like we were saying, it's not like our kids come up and thank us for, mm-hmm. you know, yep. uh, all the impact we've had in their lives. And so the more kind of that kind of gets back to casting that vision of, of eternal impact. And yeah. so, um, but the key here is no matter what you choose, you've probably got some more creative ways that you could celebrate volunteers. Just make sure you make time to do it. I think that's where we usually fall short is we get busy um, and we keep thinking we will, we will, we will. But you just have to kind of be proactive and carving out um, time to think through that. And so um, that's the most important thing. Well, we are out of time on this episode. I think we actually even went longer than we thought we were going to go. That's how much we love volunteers, guys. Um, but if your question didn't get answered today, because it probably didn't, because if volunteers are the bread and butter of your ministry, and they are, there's so many more things to ask questions about, um, we would love to hear them. And so, Lauren, where do they submit those questions? You can head on over to kidsministrycircle.com slash podcast and submit your questions and we'll either answer them on a future podcast or we will chat throughout the week on our Instagram and Facebook about more questions on volunteers because there are so many questions about volunteers and your kids team. So that's where you can submit a question and learn more about Kids Ministry Circle. And I will say we've got a fun announcement. Our summer cohort for Kids Ministry Circle signups are open. So you can jump into a cohort this summer. It starts June 8th and that will be our first day of cohorts. And so we are super excited for this season. You do not want to miss out jumping on a Zoom call with church leaders from really all over the United States and maybe more, who knows, um, just chatting ministry and encouraging and equipping one another. So it's going to be a great season of cohorts. And you can head over to kidsministrycircle.com to find more information about what that looks like. And that's all we got. I got one more thing, Lauren. Uh, right now, you're probably thinking of a volunteer or two after this discussion. Text them. Just as soon as this podcast is over, yes. send them a text of appreciation um, and let them know that you're, you appreciate them and you're thinking about them. So that's all we have for you this week now. So we hope to see you guys next time. All right. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Before we go, I have a couple of announcements. First, our summer cohort signups are open. Our Kids Ministry Circle cohort is an opportunity for you to connect with other kids ministry leaders, share ideas, encourage one another, and be equipped to lead your ministry well. If you would like to sign up for our summer cohort, you can head over to kidsministrycircle.com to learn more and sign up. If you would like to submit a question for our podcast, you can head over to kidsministrycircle.com slash podcast and submit a question that we can answer in a later episode. Don't forget, if you would like to stay up to date on all the happenings of Kids Ministry Circle, you can follow us at Kids Ministry Circle on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. 
don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so our latest episodes get dropped in your podcast player automatically. And our last thing, if you would like to get our monthly resource roundup email, you can sign up to be on our email list over at kidsministrycircle.com. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next time.